obviously the topics at hand. Episode 176. When we last talked to you, it was Friday night, and we were going into that uh, Raptors game. And all was well. The Nets were winning. They were looking good again. And they go out, and they do what they're supposed to do against the Raptors. And honestly, they kicked their ass. It wasn't close. In the first quarter, it was 41-17. And then they slowed down a little bit, but it didn't matter. Everyone in the world knew that that game was over. So I guess quickly we can touch on... The 114-105 win against the Toronto Raptors. They, The Raptors, I don't know what's up with them. I don't really care what's up with, with them. They do not look like the team they used to be, and uh, they don't have all the same guys. But Kevin Durant goes out there, uh, does what he does. It wasn't even a Kevin Durant night. He has 17. I think that was the night that he's, he didn't hit 25, or maybe that was two games ago. But Kyrie has 27. Joe Harris is hitting shots. He has 17. Nick Claxton with 15 and, and nine rebounds. Royce O'Neal, a team win. And the debut of TJ Warren, who uh, I put a tweet out. I was like, I was ready to be patient with TJ Warren. Like, this was Ben Simmons. This ain't that. TJ Warren is ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the probably the biggest story from that game. And it feels so far away now. I, the way I would describe the, the Nets is, at this moment, mid is the, the word du jour that everybody likes. The, the Nets right now are upper mid, you know, like upper middle class used to be a, a thing people people say or, or a designation. I don't know if people still use it, but teams like, you know, the Hornets, who they got tonight, they should absolutely beat a team like the Raptors. They should absolutely beat. And then it seems when they play a team like the Celtics, they're not able to beat them. So I think the, the question remains, how much of the gap can they close if they're above if they're a level above the Raptors, but a level below the Celtics? How much of that gap can they close between Boston and themselves? Yeah, and obviously T.J. Warren, uh, big step uh, in that direction. It was interesting in this Raptors game, uh, we had the performance that I was kind of hoping we would have against the Celtics. Obviously, you're playing against a higher caliber opposition. But what I liked in this Raptors game was that you had multiple, multiple players over 10 points. I mean, going through the box score, Royce puts up 11, Claxton puts up 15, Joe Harris as a basketball player, again, puts up 17 along with Kevin Durant's 17 and TJ Warren's 10. All of those players, aside from a Kyrie Irving who put up 27, I mean, that's a great recipe, right? That's a great recipe for a good team win. And at the end of the day, the Nets are not a team, and as much as we wish we were, as much as we want to be, that can rely solely on one, one and a half, two players to win them games, to to completely... Uh, beat any level of opposition in the league. We're not. We're just not there anymore. Thinking all the way back to the the series loss against the Bucks when Kevin Durant's foot was on the line, that was what we were asking KD to do. Maybe we could do it then. We can't do it now. And not to jump ahead, but looking at a Celtics game where I think we might have had two, three players above in double figures. Uh, we 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 clearly had opposite problems and. It was a good sign for hopefully what can come, but uh, didn't against the Celtics. Uh, I'm glad you started to talk about the team, right? And the team around KD. Yeah, KD might be playing like an MVP, but I think this is the best team around him. I've been on record saying that. I know there's been a lot of roster turnover and different guys in the last three to four years in Brooklyn, but there's a, a few guys around Kevin Durant this year where if they're healthy and he's healthy, uh, you don't need him to necessarily go for 40 every night. During this win streak, four-game win streak, yeah, he did that a couple times, and it's great to have that as a weapon, right? You know, KD can save you. 
but they're moving the ball around. They're playing the right kind of basketball. And I think the kudos goes to Jacques Vaughn, right? We talk about the last couple years in the rosters. Maybe those rosters would be be better if it wasn't Steve Nash constructing them or not constructing them. Sean Marks constructed them, but constructing the rotations and deciding who plays when and where and what. So uh, I'm, I'm still tipping my cap to Jacques Vaughn. I think he, he does the most with his um, post-game uh, press conferences where it, it's like it's not authentic. He was talking about his heartbeat during the USA match versus his wife's heartbeat watching Hallmark Christmas movies. And I was like, I don't know where you're going with this, bro. You're losing me. We just want to beat the Celtics. And that's a segue into the Celtics game uh, Sunday in Brooklyn. You know, good vibes. Uh, I feel like the fans are going back to the arena. This whole homestand has been sold out. The fans are going to the arena. It's like that little bit of a dark cloud has passed. And now the Nets are winning again. They're looking like a team. It's all about basketball. And uh, Sunday is usually a family day. And you get a primetime matchup. You get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown coming back to Barkley Center. And I had the thought Sunday, like, They've been dominating the Nets now for two years. The Nets haven't dominated them since that series in 2021 where, or 2020 now where you had James Harden and the big three. What were you guys thinking about the Celtics matchup? It was a test for the Nets that they did not pass. There were parts of the game where you felt a little more confident, but all in all, the Celtics are a better team. They're a cut above the Nets in my opinion. Well, the Celtics might be the best team in the league, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're right there. Um, yeah, the the Nets are are clearly a level below Boston. I, I didn't think they played that poorly though in that game. I think there were a couple of areas that they needed to clean up. You know, Kevin Durant has a turnover problem against Boston. Yep. It, it didn't really manif- manifest itself until late in that game, but that's something. You know, we've talked about this. I think since we started this show about him being a little tighter with the basketball, a little stronger with, with the basketball. Uh, Kyrie Irving did not play very well in that game, or at least he didn't shoot the ball very well in that game. And, and the, the Nets are not going to have a chance w- when Katie's turning the ball over eight times and, and Kyrie isn't shooting well from the floor, right? But the the two areas that, that I think really hurt them in that game in particular were the turnovers and were the transition opportunities that they didn't convert. You know, they had a lot of – and this Nets team has this a lot, and, and it's kind of annoying to me. A lot of times where they have these swing plays that go against them where you think, oh, it's going to be a dunk or a layup, or, oh, it's going to be an open three, or, oh, they're going to get the loose ball, and it turns out to be a point for the other team yep. or, you know, a back-breaking play for the other team. And I, I don't want to make injury excuses because we've been doing that with this team for, for years now, and the, the Celtics didn't have Marcus Smart – they didn't have Robert Williams. So I'm not saying that when whole, the, the Nets are as good as the Celtics. I'm not saying that. They have to prove a lot. But I think this is a game where they miss Ben Simmons because one of the things that Ben Simmons does very well is push the ball in transition and find guys for shots. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being Royce O'Neal trying to complete the play in transition, it could be Ben Simmons. So And I, I think Yuta Watanabe helps in, in that regard too because he, he gets the boards and, and he goes and, and he, he fills lanes in, in the right way and he spaces the floor in the right way. Because I think if, if some of those transition opportunities were actually converted, it's a much closer game. The only other small thing I, I would note, and, and maybe this is something Jacques Vaughn can, can work toward, and I think I, I do see him campaigning for that, is, is getting KD the calls. Because as much as KD 
needed to take care of the basketball a little bit better. He also could benefit from a little bit better of a, a whistle. And if, if the team, oh, the opposition piles up fouls early, gets into the penalty, stuff like that, or, you know, he, he sells for the calls like some of these other guys do, maybe that can help the, the Nets in future games. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously your point on injuries, I think, is, is well taken. And we've been talking about it for a while. I, almost unrelated to other things I was gonna I was gonna say, but did you guys see Nets Daily threw out a statistic that the Nets have not had a clean injury report since before the clean sweep summer? <laughs> Makes not, perfect sense. Not a single time has have the Nets Sounds not right. had any injuries uh, on the on the on the report. And obviously you have Katie's Achilles, so like there's a bunch of things that like compound. Yeah, and to and make they've that, had but, some ridiculous uh, Kyrie um, lines, right, like right. <laughs> Because that fits in the injury report as well. Um, I don't even <laughs> want to go through it. But it, 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 it's tough, though, because you can't rely on the Nets. You certainly can't rely on the Nets to have a clean bill of health, right? So you're going to have to, and Jacques Vaughn is going to have to, uh, make do with the roster that you're able to put on the court. And I think that's really good for someone like Jacques Vaughn because he is someone who shows some tactical flexibility, um, it's something that we did not really see at all under Steve Nash. It's really good to see someone who can think on the fly a little bit. There are lots of changes that he is willing to make, but I think the biggest one, and this may be more of a roster construction uh, discussion, but there really isn't, I mean, in any given night, and I don't even put a healthy Ben Simmons, as we've seen so far, into this category, a tertiary scorer. Because when you look at a game like this Celtics game, we did hold them to 103 points. That's not, you know, a phenomenal defensive performance, but it's a defensive performance where you can and should be able to, if you're the Nets, rely on your offense to at least make that a, a, a close enough game. And I think that's something that we're going to need to be able to do in the future is, is close those gaps with someone who can consistently score the ball aside from Katie and Kyrie, because the dream of not being other teams, not being able to throw doubles onto those players and force bad shots out of, you know, secondary players uh, isn't really there. Uh, anymore so I'm going to be interested to see how we address that problem because it seems to be a repeating problem against better teams 